what we've been doing going through John is one of the things we've been doing is we've been reading the prologue. In fact, it, the more you get a chance to read the prologue, which is basically John 1, 1 through 18, the better. The more you just get that inside of you, in fact, if you want something to memorize, memorize John 1, 1 through 18. Um, because that prologue is, as we have already seen so many times, is really just, um, I guess you could say, either threaded or unthreaded. It's sort of everything, in, not everything, but John, as he continues his whole narrative, he is taking what he's done in the prologue and just threading it all the way through the narrative. So you just see things over and over again repeated. So a lot of times as we've been doing this over the last few months with John, we've been reading John 1, 1 through 18, and then reading our passage and seeing those links, okay? I'm going to do something. Do I want to do something different tonight? Um, because what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going through this Samaritan woman story, and we're going to be probably spending a couple weeks on it. It's very, very rich. I will say that one of the things that we are looking at as as we go through this, one of the things I want us to focus on is how what we're seeing in, in this Samaritan woman story is we're really seeing discipleship. This is what it means to come into a relationship with Jesus, and this is what it looks like in that relationship with Jesus. The Samaritan woman, you could actually do a discipleship class using the Samaritan woman. Some people have said, like, the, the, um, the Lord's Prayer. You know, you can, do, you can do a whole discipleship class in teaching people about discipleship through just using the Lord's Prayer. But there's a lot of the same thing here with the Samaritan woman story. Um, it's got a lot to it. Um, but one of the things it does is it also harkens back, as so much as the Old, New Testament does, harkens back to Old Testament stories and is told to have people see and hear and go, ah, I remember that <laughs> in, in, in the Old Testament. Um, as John is telling us, Jesus is really fulfilling the Old Testament. So... In the Samaritan woman, where does she meet Jesus? At the well. At the well. Can you guys think of any places in the Old Testament where someone meets someone at the well? <laughs> Lots. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, so go ahead. Yeah. What? Rebecca and uh, Isaac. Isaac. Oh, no, Rebecca and Jacob. Rebecca, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, go the ahead. servant. The, the, the servant right. finds Thank you. Rebecca. Right, Sermon yeah. finds Rebecca, right. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, Abraham, that's for Isaac, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's in Genesis 24. Very good. Okay, can anybody think of another? Moses and his in-laws. Very good. Yeah. Moses, okay. Yeah. Right really good. I didn't think anybody was going to get that. That's great. Thanks, Steve. And then there's one more that I know of, which is close to the other story of um, the servant and Rebecca. Who right. else meets no. at the well? <clears throat> Didn't Jacob meet the, yeah. the yes. people whose land he was in yes. whilst digging the well? Yes, yes. So Jacob, yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's the other time that the, 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 this happens. And is, and is this that well? He dug uh, a, the he dug, well, that well. He, he dug a bunch of wells. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to talk about this well. Jacob. I, and, a well digging dude. Yeah, we're going to talk about this well. Um, all is well. All is well. <laughs> <laughs> With this well. Um, and I actually drank water on that well, so that well still exists today. This this well? This well still exists no. today. The one in the Samaritan woman still exists today. Wow. The one you're talking about, so we're going to listen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to one of these well stories. 
listen. It's in Genesis 24. It's the one that Pete just brought up. Okay. I want us to listen to the story. It's a little long. It's like, I don't know, 50 verses or something. I'm going to have it be read to us. I want you to listen to the story because this story, when we go and read the Samaritan woman's story, it's echoing a lot of the story. In fact, there's actually the same words and stuff used. So there's very um, intentional linkages that go on with this. But it also links to the other story with Jacob. It links to the story with Moses. Okay, but I want you to just listen to it, okay, as, as we go through and just try to just get the story back in the Old Testament mind. And basically this is when Abraham's very old and he's about to, um, about to pass away. And so that's where this brings up. And let me see if I can pull this off here. And I'm doing, I just chose the NR, NRSV version. Um, and I chose what voice I like the best, so we'll see how it goes. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his house, who had charge of all that he had, Put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live, but will go to my country and to my kindred and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham said to him, See to it that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you. You shall take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, taking all kinds of choice gifts from his master. And he set out and went to Aram Naharaim, to the city of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water. It was towards evening, the time when women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. I am standing here by the spring of water, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. Let the girl to whom I shall say, Please offer your jar that I may drink, and who shall say, Drink, and I will water your camels. Let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. Before he had finished speaking, there was Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, coming out with her water jar on her shoulder. The girl was very fair to look upon, a virgin whom no man had known. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me sip a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said and quickly lowered her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, 
I will draw for your camels also until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw, and she drew for all his camels. The man gazed at her in silence to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold nose ring weighing a half shekel and two bracelets for her arms weighing ten gold shekels and said, Tell me whose daughter you are. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. She added, We have plenty of straw and fodder and a place to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord and said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness towards my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the way to the house of my master's kin. Then the girl ran and told her mother's household about these things. Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran out to the man, to the spring. As soon as he had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms, and when he heard the words of his sister Rebekah, thus the man spoke to me, he went to the man, and there he was, standing by the camels at the spring. He said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside when I have prepared the house and a place for the camels? So the man came into the house, and Laman unloaded the camels and gave him straw and fodder for the camels, and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Then food was set before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told my errand. He said, Speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become wealthy. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female slaves, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and he has given him all that he has. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I live. But you shall go to my father's house, to my kindred, and get a wife for my son. I said to my master, Perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to me, The Lord, before whom I walk, will send his angel with you and make your way successful. You shall get a wife for my son from my kindred, from my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath when you come to my kindred, even if they will not give her to you. You will be free from my oath. I came today to the spring and said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you will only make successful the way I am going. I am standing here by the spring of water. Let the young woman who comes out to draw, to whom I shall say, Please give me a little water from your jar to drink, and who will say to me, Drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebekah coming out with her water jar on her shoulder, and she went down to the spring and drew. I said to her, Please let me drink. She quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will also water your camels. So I drank, and she also watered the camels. Then I asked her, Whose daughter are you? She said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. 
So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arms. Then I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me by the right way to obtain the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you will deal loyally and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, so that I may turn either to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered, The thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you anything bad or good. Look, Rebekah is before you. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground before the Lord. And the servant brought out jewelry of silver and of gold and garments and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave to her brother and to her mother costly ornaments. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they spent the night there. When they rose in the morning, he said, Send me back to my master. Her brother and her mother said, Let the girl remain with us a while, at least ten days. After that she may go. But he said to them, Do not delay me, since the Lord has made my journey successful. Let me go, that I may go to my master. They said, We will call the girl and ask her. And they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? She said, I will. So they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse, along with Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of myriads. May your offspring gain possession of the gates of their foes. Then Rebekah and her maids rose up, mounted the camels, and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Great story, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's turn to page 20. I get real lot of scripture tonight. And I want to just read, I want to read four. One, all the way to 4.45. So we just sort of get this whole story in us as to what is going on. And as we read, I want you to think about both the parallels you hear with the story, the story okay, but also the differences um, that you also hear with it. So I want you to sort of just think about both what you've heard with the story we just heard in Genesis 24, both the parallels with it and also the differences, okay, as to what is being played out here. Um, all right, so let's, um, I'm going to have you I'm going to go around, let's go around and just read, okay, so, uh, and I'll just, I'll guide us as we go along. So Bruce, why don't you start out by reading 4, 1 through 6. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judah and departed again again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sacra, near the field 
that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, weary as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. Great. All right, why don't you um, introduce yourself. My name is Dan. Dan. Yeah. So this is Bruce. Bruce. Let's go around. Eric. 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 Yeah, Mike. Hi, Mike. Ken. Yo. Steve. David. Dale. Jason. Jason. Peter. Peter. Tom. And John. Oh, great. Glad you're here. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to have you read 7 through 15. Okay, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. How far do you want me to go? Keep going all the way to 15. Okay. The woman said to him, Sir, if you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep, where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us well, the well and drank from himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Great. Eric, why don't you read 16 through 26. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know now. Do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. All right. Okay, next let's do, why don't you do 27, um, 
27 to 38. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, What do you seek? Or, Why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to, and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say, There are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent to you to reap that for which you do not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. I can, I want you to finish this off, 39 through 45. Many Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I have did, so when... So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there, they stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this, in, this is indeed the Savior of the world. After two days, he departed for Galilee. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, where they too had gone to the feast. Right. Pretty long story. John gives us here, isn't it? Um, quite a bit in this story. So as you were listening to through that... Anything that sort of like sticks out um, when you think about compare and contrast to even Genesis 24 story? The, uh, the, which I, when I'm reading this story, I've always thought was fascinating. And now it makes sense. And uh, in Genesis, he's says, tell me if you're going to treat me honestly or not. Mm-hmm. Right? So I can go on my way. Right. Or not. Depending. And when he tests the woman by saying, go get your husband. Right? And mm-hmm. she goes, oh, well, I'm not. And then he goes, okay, now I know you're, you've answered me truthfully. Right? Yeah. And you could tell when I'm reading, I'm going, it's like he tested her. Mm-hmm. But what was the, the history there? So that's, that yeah. was fascinating. Good. Good. All right. Others. Yeah. Rebecca was a virgin. Uh-huh. Has never been touched by a man, and then this lady had five husbands. Yeah, and not just five husbands, but also was doing what now? Or yeah, five yeah. husbands and living with another guy. Right. That wasn't her husband. Could okay. it be that the other guy was a brother of one of her husbands? No, 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 because no, it says you're living with this person. Like, 
you know, shacking uh, up, right. basically. So it is that, yeah. So it could be yeah. the brother, but yeah, we don't know. We don't know oh, the identity yeah. of the guy. Right? <laughs> but it yeah. was but, common for a brother or a relative to take the wife of... Yeah, I think the way this comes across died. is very much like she's... Okay. It even comes across that it could be... Possibly it could even be a married man that she's living with. It's not, she's not married to. So we don't know. We're not given that identity. But we know she's... And this, you know, we, we, we think of this is not nothing new under the sun. I mean, happened back then, happens today. People live with people they're not married to. And that's not something, that was something that happened back then, too. Um, so, all right, others. Yes, Eric. It occurs to me in both circumstances, there's a momentum of prophecy mm. being fulfilled that's indisputable. Uh-huh. That it's uh, supposed to be this way, uh-huh. and the actors are simply part of the momentum that is intended, and and they all play their parts. But there's a bigger plan that's in operation, and these are the players. But the plan is the momentum, and that's the truth that carries the day. Excellent. That's that's very perceptive. In fact, I, I will, so I don't. This is a later, but in, in verse 4 of 4, chapter 4 of 4, really what you just said, it says, in a, it says in a sentence, it's sort of subtle, but it says, and he, meaning Jesus, had to pass through Samaria. And the Greek there is, in essence, means exactly what you just said, Aaron. It had to happen. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the fulfillment of what God is doing. He is right. executing what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, very, very good. And you know what I think the key is? The man going to find the wife was truthful with everybody. Hmm. The woman at the well was truthful with Jesus. Yeah. And the truth was the power that made these things happen. Hmm. Okay, good. All right. Yeah, what um, of things that just, in any form, just sort of... The food. The food. Well, hold on. Let's, let's see if anybody else wants oh. to... Other people, things that just hit you one. in the story. Yeah, Tom. Um, verse 7. Jesus said, give me a drink. And the servant said the same thing when he arrived at the well. Give me a drink. Uh-huh. And the response of the woman at the well was, uh, you know, no, basically. <laughs> and the other woman, uh, or the other yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca was said, said, "I'll do more than that." So um, it's the same question is asked to start both stories. Yeah. All right. Great. How can a Samaritan tell a Jew and a Jew tell a Samaritan? Was it the way they dressed, or I mean, how how do they? Um, in a simple, in a very simple way. Um, here it's pretty easy because they're going through Samaria. Oh, okay. So they're actually in the region of Samaria right here. There'd be accents too, probably. Yeah. But how, how accents, what would be the difference? I mean, in terms yeah, of the, how, the, the how visual, know that he's a Jew. Um, in the in in the circumcision, the, 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 um, <laughs> with with the disciples when they were trying to figure out who was with Jesus and they were accusing Peter. They say, surely you're with them because you have a Galilean accent. Oh, so so yeah. if you're from Galilee, you're a Jew. Jesus was from Nazareth, but from Galilee. Yeah, so 
That could have been one way. Yeah. And it's a good it's a good question. It's sort of like the Good Samaritan story. One of the reasons in the Good Samaritan story that you have a robber, you have a man who has been stripped of his clothes, is very specific to say there's no way you can identify this person. Right. So a lot of times the clothes would clothes. give would give that away. But they are in they're deep in Samaria. They're at by a Samaritan town. I mean that is pretty much is probably one of the ways you could identify that. What, what was the uh, problem between the Jews and the Samaritans? What was the issue that the Samaritans were rejected? So the Samaritans, um, we would use a term today, half-breed, um, mixed-breed. They were a myth, mixed ethnic race. So a couple things we'll see here, so it's good to just get the context. They, um, so when, when um, Israel is split in half, northern kingdom, southern kingdom, and then when you end up having exile, and then you had other peoples come into that area. So Galilee was known to be sort of a Gentile area. So you end up starting to have Jews that mix with other cultures. And that, and also the beliefs of some of those other cultures mixed in. So you became a very mixed sort of culture there. But what ended up happening in the Old Testament, you read, is that these two were at war with one another. A lot of times. They actually killed each other's families at times. There was actually pretty brutal warfare between them. One of the major things is also is that the Samaritans religiously, which we're getting at a little bit here, they did not worship at the temple in Jerusalem. They worshiped the Mount Gehazar, I think it says in here, which is probably visible. It is visible from Jacob's Well. I've been there. So you can see the mountain that they worshiped at from there. So they actually have their own place and their own way of worshiping, and they also, the Samaritans in general, had a lot of Jewish faith, but they didn't, they did not see any prophets after Moses, so you see a conversation in here about that, so they saw Moses as the last prophet, and they were waiting for a Messiah type person, which is who she's thinking Jesus is here, so there's this may be a very bad way of putting a parallel, but it might be in a lot of ways, like when we think of Christian and Catholic. Okay. Uh, we're worshiping, we think the same God. <laughs> okay. But there's a lot of differences in how we do that and where we do that and everything. But there's a lot of similarities too. And so, and there's a lot of, as we know, Protestant Reformation. I mean, there's a lot of tension that's going on between Catholics and Protestants. So in some ways it's similar maybe to that type of attention. Uh, that was going on. But she knew enough that Christ was coming and to expect it. Her idea may be different than the um, Judean Jews, okay, as far as what that Messiah was going to look like, but they were expecting someone like that. So, yeah, very similar. Alright, others that you see with in here, or anything that you're seeing just in reading through the story the first time? Anything sort of striking you maybe have not read it for a while? Or... I, I've always been struck by the fact that how women were treated. You know, that you're talking to her? Mm-hmm. Um, it does seem, however, that Rebecca was more respected by her family than the Jews respected the Samaritans. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. A much more positive story. You have Jews 
Yes, yes. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't think it me- means anything except that it, it's it's a, a key into the culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who else? Anybody else as far as the upper? Jacob is, he's Jewish, right? Yes. And, and so his, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Right. Okay. So, but he had his field that he gave to his son Joseph is in Samaria. Correct. Yeah. So during that, now you remember. So the Samaritans, just a little history here. You had the Jews, yeah. right, come into Egypt. They go into the Promised Land. All right. So the Old Testament. To go real quick history here. They come into the Promised Land, and what ends up happening all the way up to the time of David is so when David reigns, you have in essence the prophecy fulfilled that that um, God has given the Jews the promised land, all right? So they have the whole, what would be traditionally called promised land, which is all of Israel today, all right? Right. Um, at that point, you don't really have Samaritans at this point. That happens after when the, when the, um, when the nations get split and the northern kingdom starts going off and people go into exile and other cultures come in, and there's a whole lot of mixing that's going on. That's when you start developing the Samaritan culture. Okay. So at the time of Jacob. Else? Yeah, they came in from other oh, countries. No yeah. And okay. so. So the Samaritans basically are diluting the Jewish culture. That is exactly yeah. right. Right. I mean, that's how the Jews would. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Makes more sense. So the, the name, though, Samaria is is like just a... They, it was Israel. Yeah, right. It, right. And it's then they just decided to change the name yeah. at some point. Right. Right. So Samaria and Samaritans, Yes. that's are the same. Correct. The Samaritans are the people who live in Samaria. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And... Jesus, the main travel route, so you have a lot of people like um, even Jews, I mean, like Judean Jews, who may live up in Galilee or be up in the Galilee region. So think Sea of Galilee, northern Israel. Then you have down here Jerusalem, all right? In between is Samaria. So one of the major travel routes that people would take from Galilee to come down to the Jew, day, Jew um, the Jewish festivals, like when Jesus would come down with his disciples, they would come past through Samaria. So that's a route that people would often do is go past up and down through there. Usually, typically the Jews would like they could go around that, but it's a long it's a long way around. And that they would go through, they would be like, we're getting through. We're not going to stop and talk to the Samaritans or enemies, <laughs> you know. So where in the relationship? I'm sorry. Uh, is Ur, which was the seat of Samaria. I don't know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think think there's Samaritans, S-A spelled, Sumeria, S-U. It's a civilization. They're different. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Samaria and Sumeria are different. Yeah. Can I point out a little Uh mini mini? similarity? Uh Uh-huh. The servant asks, whose daughter are you? After he meets her, the next step. And Jesus, in verse 16, said, call your husband. So the next step for him was, who's, who do you belong to? Good. Yeah. 
I don't know what that means. Well, I think it's right, though. It, it, he's finding out who, who, who are you. What's your identity? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do we ever know yeah. the Samaritan woman's name? No. Or nothing about the family? No. As she true with a lot of stories in here. She must have been a very powerful person because she's able to possess a town. And he, what, that's a fact that, that it's you the are notorious. Yeah, that's the opposite. And she's been around. Yeah, she, she, she yeah. So she, she was. She well, we'll get to that. You know, she was able to convince the town, but that was prob. Against she all was very, yeah, Everybody she was very she was. well known because she has five husbands from a Samaritan town. That's not a very big town. Everybody knows who she is. Okay, she's not um, shrinking. Oh, well, more that they wouldn't believe. Her. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. Now you just, yes. So how, why did they believe That's what well, she was we'll empowered? See. Well, we're going to see that as we go through. But yes, right. I mean, that's that's what we get to see here. We get to see, in essence, someone who is... So she's a sinner, a, isn't she? No, like we, in yes. all traditional sense, she is a sinner. Mm-hmm. A lonely Personified. So it's mm-hmm. interesting. It's like Jesus and the woman caught in adultery. I mean, he's talking to her with respect. Right. I mean, he didn't do that in those days either. Right. Right. Was it, wasn't it characteristic of the Samaritans that they worshipped a lot of different gods? So, um, so, we, but we, not, don't, we don't know that. Right, yeah. And, yeah. Right. and yeah. the story, she says, you know, we worship God here, you worship God there. Yeah. She uses God singular, so it sounds like... Right. So in this case, you're dealing with people who are still worshipping what we would probably say Yahweh. They're worshipping the same God, but in different ways, and in different places. But so when she comes into town and says... Come, this man just told me <coughs> everything about my life. That uh-huh. gives him validity. Oh, right. I mean, and so whoever they're worshiping, well, wait a minute. Not this guy we need to hear. Yeah, right, right. And we see that happen. We're going to see that play out as we go through the story. We're going to see that yeah. what ends up happening is everybody wants to find out about this person. And again, because there was anticipation, too. I mean, they were looking for a Messiah. That's like another similarity. Because that truth that she goes and displays to the people is the same truth that the servant went and told to get Rebecca. Uh-huh. So the truth is the power. The truth is the power. Well, yeah. It's more of a question. Uh-huh. Why the use of the word husband? If that's truly the case, and she's truly this promiscuous... Um, lady of the town, right? Well, Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus started off respectfully, assuming she had a husband. He wasn't telling her well, she was. I wasn't assuming. Somebody said that he was testing her. Who said that? Oh, but she had five, yeah. right? Right, <clears throat> right. Yeah, you know that. So yes. how do we not know that these five hadn't died? Uh, so very good question. We don't. Okay. A lot of people conjecture. Again, it's part of the story. It goes back to sort of what you were saying about we don't know her name. There's a lot of parts, and this is all the way scripture is. There's a lot of parts of stories that we really just don't know, yeah. and we're there's either that or she's to really talk. tough on husbands. There's some clues. There are some clues. I was just going to go there. So there are some clues as to these five husbands. So let me just ask that, since we're going there. You're probably before you say anything. Or are you going to answer that question? Well, no, I was going to say a similarity about the time of day. In the oh, right, that's what I was going to go. Okay. So ask yeah. the question, Pete. So question? ask that question in the sense of, so, <laughs> so how do we know 
what what is one of the ways we know that those husbands are probably ones that she either divorced or that's okay. Not, so, yeah. in the first story, uh, it's talking about when Rebecca came. It said it was it was towards the evening when women go to draw water, basically. Right. So like, they don't do it in the middle of the day. It starts to cool down. You know, that's the time to go be carrying heavy water jugs, not when the sun's like at its peak and. You know, you're sweating bullets. Mm-hmm. But, um, and listen to what Pete just said also, without maybe you realizing. You said the word women. Women. Notice yeah. he said women. It's when the women will come to go to the well during the evening. Plural. Yeah. Plural. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so in this story, she's coming in the middle of the day. Because it was like the sixth hour, which would have been like noon. 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 No. No. Yeah. Um, which is like at the heat of the day, which... Which kind of indicates that either she was ostracized from the women's, from the time the women went, like the women kind of pushed her out, or that, you know, something else. But basically, she 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 didn't didn't want to do it. With her reputation, it basically speaks to her reputation, Uh, that other women would not want to be with her. Why? They don't, they don't want her around their husbands, you know, and know anything about them, so... Also yeah. an indication uh-huh. in chapter, in verse 41, when he, the Samaritans are talking, it says that many more believe because of his word. Uh-huh. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, mm. for we have heard for ourselves. Excellent. Yes. She was just the, the first person that brought it to their attention, he thought. Exactly. Um, well, let me find out. Is there anybody else who hasn't spoken yet as far as things you've, you saw in the story? Of anything. It doesn't even have to be compared contrast, but just in the first reading of it. Can I ask one question? Mm-hmm. In verse 44, it says, For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet had no honor in his own hometown. What does that mean? Well, which is Nazareth, yeah. okay, which is pretty close to here, yeah. by the way. So Nazareth isn't too far. Um, that's why it says, after two days he departed from Galilee, we put it in parentheses for Jesus himself and testified that a prophet has no honor in his own town. We have that in some of the other Gospels. Where, but um, So they're in the area by where Nazareth is at too. So it could be that they're passing through or going to be passing through Nazareth and John's making that note again that Jesus' own hometown rejected it. Okay. Can I give another observation? Um, the motive of the two women, I think they're different. Uh, the servant showed up at the well. He has servants with him. He has all this livestock with him. And she called him Lord. So he had a pretty big presence. In other words, he's a wealthy guy. Uh-huh. And the wealthy guy said, hey, could you give me a drink? She's like, whoa, wealthy guy. Uh-huh. Um, Jesus is alone. He's sitting at the well in the middle of the day. How, how, how's he look? I don't know. But he's not wealthy. Yeah. He's just a guy. He's a stranger. He's tired. So, so he says, can you give me a drink? And she goes, you know, you're a Jew. What are you asking me? Kind of sasses him, you know. <laughs> right. So if he was showed up with an entourage, you know, would she have treated him better? Probably. He never Bill, got so, his drink either. She left yeah. before he got his drink. Yeah. Ahead, but she Bill. left his pot, her pot. Right. Drawing water. Right. Um, this is a, 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 
asked the question, what's the difference between a Samaritan and a Sumerian? The Samaritans were not Jews. When Assyria conquered the kingdom of Israel, where the ten tribes lived before they were lost, the king of Assyria did as he always did and exiled the inhabitants. Right. He then replaced them with people from another nation. Correct. And then what ended up happening was those people, so not everybody left to exile, but then when the then what happens, when you remember the Old Testament story, the, the people come back, and they come back from exile, and they start intermingling with those people that Assyria brought in, and that how is a, that's how you become, but they were, again, a lot of them were mixed Jews, so you might have a husband who's a Jew and a wife who was an Assyrian, as an example. So it's very much a mixed race. Um, I wanted to hear what Jason had to say about 32. I was kind of drawing a conclusion. You said something about the food. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the, the servant refused food as well, um, as mm -hmm. did Jesus. Right. And uh, why? Right? Servant refused the food because he wanted to. His mission. He wasn't willing to 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 eat or do anything until he was sure that the what he was there yeah, to do yeah. got accomplished. So and it's a priority, doesn't it? That's right. The priority is not that I don't eat, but the priority is I'm fulfilling my mission right. over eating. And yeah. so when and Jesus, of course, is fulfilling his mission in right. that. In one of the first really big, really big in terms of purposeful, like you said, discipleship scenarios, you know, this woman was reborn, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is the, um, what's, so, th so you brought up Nicodemus. Mm -hmm. What's the contrast with the Nicodemus story, which is a story that occurred before this? So, think about those two stories right now. Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman. We have those two stories almost back to back. What what do you see as differences in those stories? Nicodemus was he, he came in the night. Okay. He came in the night. Mm -hmm. The Samaritan woman middle of the day. was there in the middle of the day. Who did Jesus come to? Samaritan. Sorry, who did? Sorry, who did? Yeah, okay. Who did Nicodemus come to? Jesus. Who came to the Samaritan woman? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> See the difference there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost um, like Nicodemus was like we've talked about before. He was kind of hiding from the Jewish law to get some information because he wanted to know more. Mm -hmm. And the Samaritan woman was clueless and just knew about this about the Messiah coming. And she yeah. just walks in and they both gained and I know we talked about um, Richard Rohr, but I was reading something about that. <laughs> I know he's not your favorite guy, but um, <laughs> he parallels it like they both found freedom. 
which is kind of hard to understand. The way you mean this, between Nicodemus and... Yeah, that they I'm, both encountered freedom. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. When they mm-hmm. met Jesus. So, just, I'll show this to you now, so I'm doing it. So, Jacob's well, so in Israel, it's sort of interesting, because in Israel, you can go, if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, has anybody ever been here to Israel, here? Okay. Oh, wow. So, if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, I'd always say, don't, <laughs> don't go with, like, um, this is what I think of, Charles, Chuck Swindoll's tour of Israel. Okay, where you're going to go in this big, nice, air-conditioned bus, and they're going to take you around to all these places um, and show you where supposedly things happened. Okay, if you ever go, make sure you go with someone who really knows the land and knows there's a whole huge difference between a tour like that and actually really going with someone who really knows the land. Okay? It takes you around and it takes you to the real places, which are not as accessible. Um, and so one of the, so there's a lot of places in Israel where we don't really know whether something's happened there or not. Okay. Because a lot of stuff has been destroyed. A lot of things have been buried, but there are places you pretty much do know, like this is where this happened. Okay. Um, Jacob's well is one of them. Jacob's well still exists today. It's about, it goes about a hundred feet still underground. You can go to Jacob's Well. It's in the location we're talking about here. Um, and you actually see this other mountain. Yeah, I forget. Where they used to worship before as you're, as you're there. Um, and so here's a picture of Jacob's Well as it exists today that I took that I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> You're not supposed to take a picture? No. So what's, most you places you, well, so what's weird is that in all the places we went to when I was in Israel, it's... Um, you could take pictures, but it's like the guy who sort of runs this well, okay, or well, runs a tourist is like, he doesn't want anybody to take pictures. He wants to sell postcards? Yeah, exactly. So I <laughs> had my camera and I just sort of had it down like this. <laughs> it's cool. yeah. That's not very Christian of you. No, it's not very Christian. So I'll have to admit, and I, re- I will admit that right now, but you I got a picture that? of Jake as well. <laughs> um, anyway, then you can see it. Right. Okay, so just if you, it's just it's not very big. You got a good photo, but it's a place where you you know you just you have so, a rope. So it's, it's is it, it is a tourist spot. Yes. Yeah, and you can it's go there. Like, yeah, yeah, you it's can actually go there. So um, did you drink the water? Yes, you did. Yeah, and oh, they will wow. let you drink the water. Actually, I have some at home. I was going to bring, but I didn't think you want to drink it. <laughs> um, sort of get an idea. So I mean, you know, it's sort of cool because it's something that actually really. Wow. Exists where this happened. This story of the um, of this of the Samaritan woman uh. actually took place. Mm. Now today, there's like a thing over it. You can sort of see that in here. You're in a building like that covers it. You know to sort of protect it. Um, that was obviously not there at the time. Um, so yeah, so this is a, a well that was well known that people would go and actually draw draw water out of. Um, so, we'll go a few more minutes. Yeah, I want to do this more next week. We'll continue more in this. We'll actually start walking through this because it's a lot of stuff as we walk through the passage. So, just based on what we heard tonight, I when my email to you, I think I said something like, as my subtitle, Breaking Barriers or something. I don't know what I said. So, that's what Jesus is. That's what we see here. 
we, as a contrast of Nicodemus, which is a <clears throat> Pharisee, all right, that would be accepted by all the Jews, and he was a leader of the Jews, all right, and it's funny that here's this leader of the Jews, is secretly coming at night, all right, addressing Jesus. Here we have this Samaritan woman story, all right, and when you think, can you think, as you have heard the story so far, what are the barriers that Jesus is literally just destroying here? Um, we've talked about some, but what are sort of the barriers that's like, really? <laughs> He's talking to who? Um, what? And when someone's, when, when Jews or Christians today, and we read this story, it should be making us go, what? <laughs> well, he did this to who? He was, I mean... The, the biggest one yeah. is, is uh, the worship. Okay, okay. That's the, that's the biggest... What about worship? Fundamental, just blockbuster. What's the biggest? What do you What do you mean by that? What? The hour is coming and is now here when the true worship, the true worshipers, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. So, the what Father is the barrier with the Samaritan woman that's being broken here? Worship, not not worshiping in Jerusalem. Oh, okay. So, well, the, the barrier that's being brought, again, this is the barrier so that's think being think of it from a Jew's perspective, you're hearing this story. What? Yeah, or from a Samaritan's perspective, too. They believe the same thing. Hey, so how do we, if we can't worship in Jerusalem, how are we going to receive the Lord? And in, in 22, Jesus says, you worship what you do not know. Uh-huh. He says, you worship what you do not know. Mm-hmm. But the barrier was yeah. cultural and social. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so when you say that, tell me how is it cultural and social? Well, she being Sumerian and they didn't mix and talk to one another, but she was also a soiled woman, uh-huh. which people would avoid and think of as trash. Okay, so yeah, so there's two of them there, right? So the social part is her status, right? And the cultural is the fact that she's Sumerian and the Jews and the Sumerians don't mix. Excellent. So it's a social and and Excellent. so and would the rabbi. Have spoken to a woman in public? No. Yeah, just not at all. And you, you, you would not only not do it at all, but if you did, and you spent any time doing that, people would start. Yeah, people would start talking. Well, you having an affair with this person. So, so yeah, the, a man wouldn't speak to a woman. A rabbi definitely wouldn't speak to a woman. This woman's there at noon. She's probably dressed in a particular way. The fact that she's there at noon is a cultural just wee wee bit like you know. Here's a woman that's been ostracized, right, from the other women coming. No woman is going to hike up this thing hill or wherever it is to get to the water at noon, right? And it's just you're you're it's ridiculous. So. You'd know that. So all those things. But again, back to this, the, 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 the worship thing. The Father is seeking such people to worship Him. Right? This is right. the stuff that's the, the so who kicking is, down the door. Yeah, well, this is going back. It is going to the climax now, most of the story. But who oh, is that person in this story? Who is what person? She, she is. is seeking, she, she, is, she is that person. That's right. So... And when you start thinking as we continue, like next week with the story, think about that. Who is it that Jesus? And this is, is the showing true worship of Jesus. And isn't this the first time that 
obviously there was a place they felt they had to worship. That's right. And here he's breaking down. That's right. The um, that stereotype. It's inside. Right. Yeah. Well, she, he already tests her. She speaks the truth. So they worship in spirit and truth. What he's saying is the flesh. There's not a place you have to worship. There's not all your sins. All he's he's basically laying the foundation for his ministry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Others. I mean, what else, what barriers are being broken here? Well, if you turn it around and, and you know, in nine it says the Samaritan woman said to him, "How is that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria?" I mean, that's the you know, from a socio-religious perspective, it right. goes it goes both ways. Yeah, exactly. So the chiasm from John one prologue to all, but to all who did receive him, who believed on his name. Yeah. She's asking for that living water. Right. Or who, yeah, who and so, who is soever. Yeah. Whosoever. Yeah. Who is the characteristic of the person here who is accepting that she's, gift she's the world. and becoming the children of God? Right. 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 So what are all the other things? What other things are just being broken here? He reveals himself as the Messiah mm -hmm. to... Yeah, that's kind of surprising. He reveals himself um, <laughs> as the Messiah... <clears throat> I, I don't want to say to somebody lesser than him, but to the most thrown away person, he didn't. He didn't tell Nicodemus specifically that he was the Messiah, right? <laughs> right. No, Very good. Yeah. No. So I mean, Nicodemus kind of like came more in and wanted him. Wanted, yeah. wanted you know more about him secretly. Uh huh. Whereas he just came out and told us in there, right, woman. Look who he tells. Look who he reveals himself <laughs> to. A woman who is honest. As opposed to a, uh, a priest who is snuck in. Yeah. Back to what yeah. the Father is seeking such people mm -hmm. to worship Him. Mm -hmm. So He's not going, hey, I, I need you. It's, later it'll go, but the Father is seeking these people. Right? I.e., right. I am seeking you. Yeah, Nicodemus sought Him. Yeah. I mean, it's very personal to be have these two stories in contrast between Nicodemus and the and the Samaritan woman. Um, and I just said the word. I mean, woman. Do you understand how yeah. radical this is? That is, Jesus is doing this and revealing who he is to a woman. To a woman. I mean, even today's culture, that's a shock. I mean, it is to a woman that he is revealing himself. Who is it that Jesus revealed himself after the resurrection? Women were the first women. Women were the first ones. Yeah. What an interesting turnaround. What a, what a food for thought, you know? Because all of us guys in our place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems like Jesus revealing her life to her, what she's done with, you know, five men and five husbands, and gave him credibility to her, like, you know everything about me, yeah. so you must be telling the truth, everything that you're telling me right now. Yeah, that, that excellent. In fact, when you, what you're saying there, I actually thought of the conversation we've been having about 
the whole conversation about who am I and our identity, yeah. it's fascinating here because what Jesus is doing is really changing her identity. Exactly. He's saying your identity is no longer about being no longer this type of woman, being a woman, being a Samaritan, being married five times, living with a guy right now. All these things are not your identity. I'm going to give you an awesome choice right now. Yeah. Yeah. Your identity is, is Christ. She becomes an apostle. Yeah, it's not about what you do. <laughs> it's about it would be nice to know what her life was like at her. Well, yeah. he, gave, he did that with Nicodemus, too, didn't he? I mean, he didn't he offer him? Yeah. Yeah. But he, was, but he had some credibility. Right. What, um, I just thought this right now, excuse me, yes, that. What did Nicodemus do with what he heard? What did the Samaritan woman do with what she heard? Good point. She told everybody. Nicodemus didn't tell she anybody. Didn't know, right? <laughs> Nicodemus yeah. was scared to tell. Which is so sad. He could have changed the whole Jewish race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about that until right now, but you just said that. Mm. Yeah, the contrast with that. Okay, well, we'll, we'll end now. We're going We'll start going through this in more detail. So <laughs> much for this. Can you give me an update? Uh-huh. I'm a little bit eerie. My phone called you, Mr. Young. Mm-hmm. It was from my buddy. He called me from ICU. And just right said, now? Yeah, just that was him just on the phone. Oh. And he said, I want to thank you for all you've done for me. Asking for prayers. And the prayers obviously work. He said, but David, I thought I was going to die Tuesday night. He said, you know what I did? He said, I had a meeting with a man upstairs, and I went with, I went through all the bad stuff I've done in my life, all the good stuff in my life, and I asked him for forgiveness. In, in like an NDE? <laughs> like a he said, I thought you were thinking about me. Yeah. Amazing. And, me on the phone. Yeah, and we were just talking about it. That's what we were talking about. This is, this is a tough That's yeah. He was the commander of a nuclear attack submarine. Wow. So... He's no dummy. He's a smart guy, and he knows what he was doing. I can't believe he called me and told me about the door. That's right. Wow. <laughs> I wanted to break in and tell you. You've been waiting all this time. That's some sort of miracle? Uh, a miracle? It is a miracle. That's yeah. awesome. He thought I was thinking about him, and um, we were. What's his name? John Donahue. John? John. John Donahue. Is John. he married? Or? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Married two children. Okay. He called, his, he called his two children and said, hey, look, oh, I, I think I'm going to die tonight. And this mm-hmm. is your assignment, and this is your assignment, and the priority is my wife, Joe. Would you take care of her? Oh, yeah. And he said, let's say a prayer and for he said, I know what yeah. you're thinking about. He said, I had a meeting with a man upstairs mm-hmm. right after that. Yeah, yeah but just, I, it's all I did, but just, we'll pray for him. Just maybe think again, this passage we just read, and he had... To pass to Samaria, and he had John had to That's know, right. Jesus put his faith. How, how did he know? <laughs> Stunned. Okay, That's wow. That gives you go to <laughs> it <does>. Really? <laughs> wow. Goodness. I don't know what else we'll say other than wow. Right. Our God is an awesome. He's laying there on the ICU. An awesome God. Picked up yeah. the phone and called me. Wow. Thank you. Thanks, God. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah.